I like the way that you break things down. Right, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, and it helps a lot. You know, I really have to thank you for that, um, because mm. I wouldn't be where I am now with him if, if it wasn't for you. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 51-year-old Liz, who is dating 51-year-old Jack. Liz and Jack have known each other for 25 years and have been on and off since meeting. They both have had other serious long-term relationships, but wound up back together after years apart. After Jack had many failed attempts at getting Liz to move to Florida instead of doing long distance, he decided to call it quits. Liz has recently realized that she wants Jack back and wants to know if she can start a new chapter with him. Welcome, Liz. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is a very long-term relationship, and we want to get information on it. Tell me how you met to start, because you said it was 25 years ago. Yes, it was. Um, It was uh, 25 years ago, 1996, and we were at a mutual friend's party in the city. Uh, Friends of ours would, at the time, rent out bars and invite people and otherwise. And so I went with my girlfriend and friends, her brother through the party with his friends and I met him there and we hit it off, went out for about just shy of three months and it never got off the ground. Um, Although there was a lot of uh, attraction and feelings there. um, Unfortunately at that time uh, there was a situation that had gone out and, um, the summer, um, and the next day I was going to meet him for the 4th of July, and uh, that day before I was out with my sister and girlfriends, and we were in a club out in the Hamptons, um, and there were a bunch of people dancing on the dance floor. A guy came up to me that I had known for quite some time. Um, I was just friends with him. I kind of knew he had always had a crush on me of sorts, but he started dancing with me, and me and my sister and friends were dancing, and then he went in to kiss me. And I had uh, stepped back, and I was kind of like, whoa. Um, probably the timing of how much I stepped back versus when that happened probably could be up in question. It was a very, uh, very, very long time ago. But um, nonetheless, I was like, I, you know, I can't do this. I don't like you. I'm dating somebody otherwise. And uh, I kind of stopped it as best as I could. And then I went to walk off the dance floor, and then were five of that person's friends um, that I was dating on the edge of the dance floor. So um, needless to say, I was uh, flabbergasted and otherwise, and then um, I went into the city the next day to uh, spend our date together. It was 4th of July. We were going to see the fireworks down at the water and had a great time. And uh, unbeknownst to um, kind of what my friends and my sister had coached me on, they were like, don't say anything about what happened. Just let it go. And I was like, oh, no, I should, I should, I should. 
And long story short, um, by the end of that night, I had gotten the proverbial question, so how was last night with your sister and your friend? And I was like, it was good. We just went out dancing. He's like, do you have anything you want to tell me? And I said, um, no, it's just, you know, went out. And he goes, hmm, well, what about the guy that was kissing you on the dance floor? And I said, it was not like that. It was nothing like what, you know, what was there and da 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 And long story short, um, that was the beginning of the end. I really liked you. He told me I was disappointed in you. And I said, I understand. I said, but it wasn't exactly what is being portrayed to you um, and otherwise. So from that point forward, um, we had always remained friends. Um, our lives went different ways. Uh, we actually went to a wedding together as friends. And um, I always wondered in the back of my head, I guess, and I guess he might have always wondered too, but we took different paths. And um, I had gotten engaged uh, and be engaged fairly shortly. He had gotten engaged and ended up getting married and uh, went on to have two children and eventually moved down to Florida from New York. And our lives just took different tracks. Um, the whole time over the course of perhaps 15 plus years at this time, we had always exchanged Christmas cards, interestingly enough. And, you know, the Christmas cards came with one child and two children, family on the beach, all that other stuff. And, you know, you just go your own way. And um, it was about uh, 16 years later that um, or so I realized I hadn't gotten cards from him. I was actually going through a long-term breakup. And I just kind of was like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what happened. Didn't give it any mind. And then um, I had eventually broken up with this person that um, was a little longer past its expiration date. And um, we finally had broken up the second time around. And I was just getting used to my life again, being single, being in a home by myself, doing all these things. And um, Facebook suggested friends you may know. And he popped up. So I had sent a message, I hope all is well with you. Um, I hope your family's well. I hope the kids are well, your wife, otherwise. And then I got a message back from him that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe what a blast from the past. It's so great to hear from you. You look amazing. What's going on? Uh, did you get married? What's happening? And, um, you know, we exchanged conversations back and forth. He said, I'm actually in the middle of a divorce right now. And, um, you know, I can't believe it's, it's so great to hear from you. Um, and so it was right before Thanksgiving, and this is 2012, and he said he was coming up to visit his um, parents with his children. And he said, well, I'm going to be there. You know, would you guys, would you want to come over for Thanksgiving? I know your parents had passed because we had kind of talked about that in our messages back and forth. And I said, well, that's really kind of you. Thank you so much. But I will be going to my older sisters. That's really nice to offer you. He said, oh, I just wanted to make sure you had a place to go to for Thanksgiving. I said, thanks again. And then he said, well, I'm going to be up there for a couple of days. Would you want to get together and, you know, get coffee or a drink? Um, it's been a really long time. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So um, we had gone for a drink. I actually went to his house to pick him up because he had said, I, I can't use my dad's car. And that sounds super weird, but my dad's getting weird out of it. He goes, would you mind picking me up? I said, no problem. I got there, and I uh, wasn't sure if I should text or not because I thought it was inappropriate. At the same time, I felt really weird and vulnerable knocking on the door when I knew that his kids um, his parents and everybody was in there, and I hadn't seen him in 15, 16 years. So um, I 
worked up the nerve. I knocked on the door, and it was like a movie scene from Seinfeld. His mom opened the door, his dad's in the background, his grandmother's sitting in the far uh, end of the house, and then his kids come running to the door with them, hi. And I was like, hi, how are you guys? And long story short, uh, caught up with the parents very quickly in the chat, how are you? And then um, he's getting ready to leave, and then his children, uh, first his daughter grabbed his leg and said, no, daddy, please don't go, then his son. So that was the first time seeing him after 15 years. Um, I felt awkward. I was like, oh, my God, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, nope, I need to get out. I haven't been out as an adult in a long time. Um, don't worry. So we went out, and the rest of the night um, we caught up for 15 years, and um, it was really, really interesting. It felt like I'd never missed a meet with him. And he kept saying, I can't believe you didn't get married. I can't believe somebody didn't snatch you up, blah, 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 blah. And then asked me if, you know, as a night pursuit, if I was seeing anybody at that time. And I said, no, actually, I'm not. I said, what about you? He said, oh, I'm dating here and there, but nothing serious. And, um, and then um, we talked a bit more. And, and now we're going on probably about two hours or so. And then he's like, can I, you know, he basically asked to kiss me, but didn't ask, wait for my answer and then kissed me. And um, it was like pure um, vibes and attraction and magic. And it was just really something I hadn't experienced in quite some time. And um, the rest of that night was pretty interesting. Um, and I took him home and, you know, he said, I'd really like to see you the rest of this time that I'm here. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, I'd love you guys to come over you know, for dessert. Would you mind doing that? You know, would you be okay with that coming in to see my family? I said, well, yeah, sure. Give me a call, you know, whatever. And he followed up, and the next day he came over. He uh, called. I came over, met, sat with the family, met with them, and it was like, it was kind of surreal. I felt like a teenager of sorts. And um, and they asked me to go out to dinner the next night before he was leaving. And um, he's like, I can't believe I haven't seen you in this long. He's like, this is crazy. He's like, how I feel and all this other stuff. I, he's like, I thought about you. And, you know, there was all those pleasantries that were exchanged. And um, he was going back to Florida the next day. And so um, we were kind of like, so now what? And I'm like, um, not really sure. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of a first for me. So we pursued it. Um, it was pretty magical. I kind of thought, you know what, if this is the sign the universe has given me after so long, um, sure. And, um, it was really good, um, and we planned trips, and it was really like an interesting kind of romance where everything was unfolding. It was slow, it was paced, we talked a lot, um, and then um, trips came, uh, and things were going well, but by that was now May of that following year, so what, about six or so months after, seven months after, he was wanting me to move there, and I wasn't quite ready. Uh, I am single, independent, um, I'm kind of that person in my family that everyone comes to for nurturing as well as taking care of other things. And at the same time, I had this career going and I'd done things for myself and been very independent. And I was kind of concerned about moving so quickly just in case it didn't work out, but come to realize now fast forward, that was a lot of my own issues I hadn't dealt with from prior. Um, my parents had passed suddenly two years within each other in 05 and 07. Um, and, you know, just some other things that have happened, other relationships that um, kind of made me shield myself and not be as vulnerable um, and, and open to certain things and fearing. So long story short, that uh, went on for two and a half years that we went up and down. Um, and then I would get that he is, you know, um, 
all these couples around him are doing things and he sees this on Facebook and he wants to be just like those people and start a life together and when can we start this and you know it, it it was one of those things where I started to feel pressure and then at the same time, you know, he was saying like, I'm not happy. I'm starting to be depressed. And I felt like everything was in my control to make somebody happy or not happy. And that started to feel very overwhelming. And at the same time, I ended up um, getting Lyme disease and um, it was undiagnosed for about 10 months or so, but uh, we had been on a trip abroad together. I had one for work and had taken him. And then we visited friends in Italy after that and I'd gotten sick when I got back, and I just didn't get better. I'd gotten a sore throat and otherwise, and I was run down, and I thought it was just from traveling, and it turned out 10 months later we figured out it was Lyme disease, and my life was kind of flipped upside down, at which point um, our tension started to get a little bit more back and forth. And over this time, we had broken up and gotten back together, and I'm talking within maybe one to two weeks or otherwise, but um, I kept saying, like, I need to kind of – reassess what's going on with like work and otherwise kind of need healthcare and all this other stuff. And I can't just come down to you and, you know, live freely until I figure it out. You know, he had his own financial commitments from his divorce and otherwise, and he would bring them up and, you know, um, he'd be like somewhat, you know, you have it so good. You know, I wish I could be like you, you get to come and go whenever you want. You don't have these financial commitments like I do. And I'm like, you're right. I don't, but, it's not that I don't have financial commitments. I mean, I don't have children and otherwise, and you know that I'd wanted them and stuff like that. And so um, throughout all of this time, everything that we talked about was really, we wanted the same thing. Um, in the very beginning when we had gotten together and started talking about stuff and I had asked him about, you know, what his views on marriage were. He said, well, I'm divorced. I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. You know, it sounds silly. It's just a piece of paper. But after what I went through, um, his wife had cheated on him with a neighbor and ended up marrying a different neighbor down the road, down sometime after that. Um, he said, I, I'm just not for that. And I said, well, that's okay. I respect that. But at the same time, I haven't been married yet. And I don't want to take that off the table for myself. That's what I've always wanted. And I still want to pursue that and potentially a child. And at that point I was 42. And I said that I'd understand if that's not okay with you, but that's what I want. Um, I don't want to take myself out of, uh, the running for what I've wanted in my life just because I haven't had the ability to experience it yet at this point in my life. And so he said, I understand that. And uh, we kind of, we thought about certain things and that was in the very beginning. And then he came back to me. He's like, no, he's like, I really, um, I, I know I love you. I've always had feelings for you. And, um, you know, I would definitely, I want, would want all those things with you. I'd want to have a baby with you. And a child, I want us to live together. I want you to move down here and all of that. So um, that decision was really the pivot point for me to pursue it further, the relationship, because I didn't want to walk into something that I knew was going to be a failure from the get-go and then have my heart broken, so to speak. And then we get to the point of where um, it's now uh, 2014. And um, I, it was that year of time that I experienced really, really put me in the tailspin. I just got up to go to work, get myself through the day, and then get home, and um, none of the treatments were working, nothing was happening, and at that time, um, our strains of our relationship in the distance were starting to take a hold, and I started to almost like withdraw and shut down because I felt like I had not enough energy for myself to move forward, 
and I was running my house myself. I mean, it got a little crazy with my own energy and otherwise trying to just make sure the dishes were done and all that other stuff. And I know he couldn't be here. I didn't expect him to like just get on a plane and be there, but I was trying to explain to him I was doing the best that I could. And then it got to um, right about before Thanksgiving in 2014, and uh, he was out with um, a friend of his. They went to visit his um, long-term girlfriend that was in the hospital with uh, recovering from breast cancer treatment. And he said, we're going to go out for beers, you know, just he and I, and we're going to, you know, enjoy the evening after seeing um, the the guy's girlfriend. And I was friendly with the couple as well. I said, that's great. I said, I think it's so important. You should just like spend some time with him. He's definitely going to need it. And so um, I was sitting in my bed watching a movie and he proceeded to text me throughout the rest of the night. And he was just like, how come you're not, you know, answering my text right away? I said, I fell asleep. I'm sorry. Then it was going on to, um, you know, I can't believe that, you know, he called me. He said, I, I don't understand why you've never put in our profile together on Facebook. He's like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, how come you don't fight for us? You love it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, have you been drinking? I said, I'm not having this conversation with you. Go have fun. That's the whole point. You're supposed to be with your friend. And so it was a pecking of back and forth and I just didn't have the strength in me and I was like I'm not going to talk about this with you this is not the right time to have discussions like this you you know you're supposed to be having fun with your friend in a dinner and he kept going and he kept going and all of a sudden I just lost it and I blew up and I said I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore Jack I said I I have no energy left in me I love you dearly there's nothing more that I want than to be with you. But if I can't make you happy by being who I am right now and not knowing what my health is and not moving down there just yet, and if you're telling me I'm not making you happy also at the same time, I said, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you anymore. And um, I said, we should talk in the morning. And then he proceeded to kind of go at that. And at that point, I just kind of shut down. I had nothing left in me. And I just um, said, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. And that's the way it goes. And so the next morning came. Um, we talked a little bit and they kind of started up in that, you know, um, I'm not happy, but I'm happy and I want you to be here and I can only be happier if you're here and I want our lives to start. And I just said, we can't fight over this kind of stuff. I can't be responsible for your happiness. You have to find that within. And I said, I'm really sick right now and I don't know what's going on and I just can't make a decision right now. I said, um, so I don't know what to tell you. And he went back and forth, and then I just said to him, you know, maybe we should just take some time. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And I said, I don't know. And then he's like, well, he said something, you know, does that mean that we're done or whatever? I said, I don't know. I said, I can't tell you that right now. And he kept pushing and pushing, and then I said, I don't know. Then maybe you should just move on. And um, that pretty much really, like, drew a hard line in the sand, and he continued to try to get in touch with me send emails, contact my family and friends. And I just, I felt so spent. Um, I didn't feel like I had anything in me to fight because I don't like to fight. And um, I, I just cut off all contact with him. And I know it's not the right way to have handled it looking back at that time. That's the best I, best I could figure to do. And then about 10 weeks or so later, I realized how much I had missed him and, and really did love him and, and wanted a future with him. And I was like, okay, this isn't the right way to go about it. You know, you can't ignore somebody and that's just not right. And I reached out and I said to him, you know, Hey, how are you? I'm like, can we talk? And so we started to talk and I said, and, and basically um, he said he had started dating somebody 
And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, you broke up with me. You told me to move on. And I said, I know that, um, but I really wasn't thinking in the right frame of mind. And I understand what I said. I have to live by it. I said, but we've known each other for, I didn't think at that time it was well now, over like 18, 19 years. I said to him, we were just dating almost, I don't know, two years going into our third and you already found somebody two weeks later. And I said, you told me I never, I wasn't fighting for the relationship. This is where I'm at. And um, I just, I know how I feel. And I know what we have is very unique and special. And, and I know I'm going through some stuff with my health. And I want to do the right thing. And trust me, I realize that um, a lot of it's built on fear. And I want to take that leap. You're who I want to be with. And so we, we talked back and forth. I went into fight mode for the relationship. And I really tried to prove through my words and actions what he meant to me. And then um, uh, it was about a week or two later from that conversation, he said, okay, I want to I wanna explore us again. Um, I just need to take care of some things, and I need to break it off with this other person. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll call you, you know, when I, when I settle all that. So it wasn't much time thereafter. And um, we started to connect again and otherwise and we had a family trip planned for about a month or two later I was going down there and then our other family was meeting us and um went on the trip spent time with him it was wonderful but I could feel something was off and I still felt something was off actually when we reconnected um I just felt like this isn't the same I'm like I feel like he's giving me half of himself so to speak metaphorically is the best way I could say that and um, when we were down uh, on vacation together in St. Augustine and our families were together, we had a great time, but I just felt not as connected with him. And not from my part, I just felt I wasn't getting it from his part. And by the time of the end of that trip um, where he lived and our, we were out to dinner the night before and I had apologized again for my actions, like how I had um, cut everything off. And I said, you know, I really, I want you to know how much you mean to me. I just want to make sure it's everything. Okay. I feel like, you know, we have a little bit of disconnect here and I just feel like if you want to say something to me, please let's get it out. The most important thing is communication. And he looked at me and he paused and he said, I think our time has passed. And, um, I think, you know, I don't know what to say to you right now, but I think our time has passed. I think it's too late for us and my jaw dropped and I was in the middle of eating my dinner and I was like I'm sorry what did you say and he said that and I said okay could we address the white elephant in the room do you still have feelings for the other girl that you had started dating right after me and he goes that has nothing to do with it no blah 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 so long story short the rest of that weekend was not wonderful having your family come and having to act or uh, act like you're a couple Uh, a lot of crying went down and um you know, I left that day in 2015 with my family a couple of days later, crying in the driveway, hugging it out, saying, um, we'll always love each other. And I'm sorry, maybe there's something down the road for us, but, you know, this is how I feel. I just need some time to think about it. So when I left that day, I thought, okay, he just needs some time to think about it, but he'll realize. And uh, long story short, it did not transpire that way. Um, it was some time after that I got an email from him. I had tried. I tried sending him emails every single day. It's kind of weird how the roles reverse. And um, he basically said, I really love you. I always will. Um, 
I just know something is missing. I don't know what happened to it. It makes me so sad. I get really upset that I can't find it again. And um, who knows what could happen. Like you said, Liz, everything is always meant to be, and you never know what's going to happen with us. So maybe sometime down the road or other. But um, I just can't simply find that love again the same way right now. And I will always love you. I want the best for you and so on and so forth. And then probably a few weeks later, he ended up getting back with that other girl. And over the course of time, um, we, we chatted via message or otherwise. He said he couldn't get back on the phone with me. And that was about six years ago. And um, he had reached out probably about 10 months or so ago, almost a year ago. He was a little more chatty. We had played words with friends over time. I respected the fact that, that we were just going to be friends and that was fine. Um, a couple of years ago, I realized as I was dating other people, he kept coming up in my feelings and we had kind of briefly, like very friendly chatted. And at one point I said to him, listen, I just got to come clean with you. This is how I feel. Um, I don't know where you're at in the stage of your life or other, but this is how I feel about it. And I just think it's important to know. I said, we've had a lot of loss in our lives and otherwise family member was dying recently. And I said, I just need you to know that. And he said, I thank you so much for it. I'm so flattered. This is the decision I made. This is where I'm at. I'll always love you, but this is my life for right now. I said, okay, no problem. I'm glad I told you. And so um, 10 months ago, he had reached out and said that um, so-and-so and I broke up and I got a new place starting over again. I said, okay. And at that point I got a little nervous because I felt like, oh my God, they just broke up and he's at the heels of reaching out to me again. And I didn't want to be that rebound, kind of like what ended up happening about four years ago. So I backed up a little bit and I said, well, you know, everything will work out. Just trust in the process and everything happens for a reason. And if you ever need to chat, I'm here for you. And he said, I appreciate it. Thank you. And then about a couple weeks later, I ended up getting um, a picture from something. He's like, remember this night? And it was a picture of me um, that was on my words from a friend's profile he had taken. And I said, yes, I do. And he's like, it was from that restaurant we went. And I said, oh, gosh, he's walking down memory lane here. And then another week or two, I got a picture of a place we went to in Germany. So I'm like, he must have just been moving and moved. And I was going through stuff in memory lane. I said, yeah, I remember that. That was wonderful. This and that. How's everything? How is your move? You like in the new place? He's like, not too bad. Getting acclimated another. So we kind of chitty-chatted from that time that I kind of backed up and I just let it flow and drop where it was going to. And then um, probably about a few months later, we were chitty-chatting again, and then he uh, basically said, hey, listen, I just need to let you know I started seeing so-and-so again, and um, we're not living together. It's nothing serious, but I just wanted you to know that. So it would probably be best if you don't reach out to me or text me or otherwise because she did not – um, want me in his life in any form because come to find out that um, they wanted she wanted to get married. She had a son. She was about 13 years younger, and he had basically told her he would never marry again. Um, it was just a piece of paper, and apparently I found out from his parents he had told her that in the beginning when they got together, the only person he would have ever married again was me. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that's a game changer. So um, I said, no problem. We'll reach out. Uh, I said, I, I hope, you know, everything is well and, and otherwise, and kind of let it be that, and that was that. And then about a couple of months ago, uh, he reached out again, but more like, hey, are you ever going to beat me at words with friends? And I was like, uh, I tried to, but you're really good at it, clearly. I said, but I do try. And so um, 
in the meantime, a couple months prior to that in March, I started looking at places down in Florida. Friends of mine had been purchasing, and now with everything with the pandemic, it had always been part of my long game to have another place in Florida and a place here in New York. And I started the conversation. Um, I kind of said, I don't know what I don't know. It's time to kind of see and explore, even though things are changing, and let's see what I can figure out for myself. And so from that time from March until we reached out again in, I guess it was late April, early May, there were places that were coming in towns that were nearby him. And um, I naturally, as a friend, would have been like, hey, what do you think about these towns? You happen to work near them, and you know the area. Could you give me the skinny on it, so to speak? But I said, nope, not reaching out. Not reaching out. He told me not to reach out. He'd do the reaching out and all that. And then when he reached out again, um, I was like, chatting back and forth and we talked and then they said hey do you happen to know of a place near here and he said oh why are you moving and I said I'm not sure I'm looking at different places started the conversation but I just want to get a general gist of the area I'm trying to come down and visit but it's not working out with my work schedule and he said okay no problem he goes nope definitely he goes this is this place that's that place he said by the way he goes well if you get a place in this area you'll have a personal bodyguard someone that can look at it look after it and there's a lot of people there he said well thanks for the 411 he goes, no problem, and anytime you want a tour guide, I can take you around. I go, oh, really? And then he said, oh, and by the way, it's safe to text these days now, LOL. I said, oh, okay, thanks for the 411 and the security clearance. I'll keep that in mind. Let me know what you know about those towns when you find out you go back to work. Appreciate it. So a couple of weeks went by, and um, I hadn't heard back from him and then I'd gotten another thing from a real estate agent so I happened to text him because I thought it was safe and long story short he said hey what's going on and I said not much what's going on with those places did you know hear anything I found another one and I sent him the listing went back and forth again he offered if you need somebody anytime you want to come down I'll take you around so we were chatting back and forth and then um, his birthday came at the end of May and his brother was coming into town. They were going to town. And um, we both exchanged our birthday cards. They were very meaningful. Some of the words he wrote in my birthday card as well. And my birthday had come. And um, I was sitting there and I was thinking of going down to Florida and I had some dates that were going to work. So uh, it was uh, right after my birthday, right around Father's Day. And uh, he had reached out to thank me for the card I had sent him. And then I said, oh, good. I said, do you have anything good planned? And he said, um, yeah, I'm actually going up to Nashville. And I said, oh, that's awesome. I said, you go going boys trip, bunch of the guys. And the cadence I noticed over the last, like, day or so, like, as he was texting me, had changed. And uh, that cadence of the reply was a little different. And then he went back, um, you know, yeah, Nashville's pretty cool. I can't wait. I know I'm actually going with a lady friend, LOL. And my heart sank. And I said, oh, that's great. I said, oh, you got back together with, the other girl, and um, he waited a little, and he wrote back, nope, um, her and I have been over for a while now. This is a new girl. I said, oh, well, that's progress, LOL. I didn't really know what else to say, but I just knew how I felt in my body, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, gosh. And um, long story short, I had um, been meaning to make a trip to go down there and see some properties and I was looking at the calendar for about a month out and I had some dates that were going to work and so I pulled the trigger and um, my girlfriend's like you got to ask him if you can see him you know he maybe see what he says and so I said hey I'm going to be down in town around these days I'm going to go look at some properties while I'm there it'd be great to catch up and see you if you're cool with that 
And he wrote back, yeah, and I'm definitely cool with that. He was just let me know, you know, the days and times that you're coming. And uh, we'll figure something out. I said, sure, no problem. So I let him know the days and times I was coming when I had everything planned out in my itinerary. And um, he'd reached out about a week later. He's like, hey, did you secure your place yet? Do you know where you're staying yet? Good, any luck? I said, yep, I have it. I'm all set. He said, great. That's awesome. Great news. He said, so I was wondering how about I pick you up from the airport and um, I'll save you an Uber drive and then we'll get you checked into a hotel and we can go for dinner afterwards. So I read the message and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm like, this is even more than I anticipated as much as I manifested in my own head what I would have ideally wanted. So I said, sure, sounds great. Thanks. I appreciate it. So um, the week went by. My trip came. I had been here from up until the day of my trip. And he said, is everything, you know, cool, still on time, you know, at the airport and otherwise? I said, yep. He said, okay, I'll see you soon. I said, no problem. And then I was landing and he had said, hey, you know, I'm here at the airport. Um, which flight again, which uh, airline is it? He goes, I'm already in the airport. I'll see you in a few. And all of a sudden I got super nervous as the plane was landing because it brought up all those, like how I would see him when we would see each other in the airport, which were all good times, no less. So I got off the plane, walked down the, the you know, um, departure uh I guess, uh, aisle, you call it or whatever, into the waiting area. There it is. You saw each other through the glass. We were kind of recreating it of like last, uh, the last time I'd seen him. And um, we smiled at each other, and it was like weird. And I said to myself, I'll always know if what I feel inside is matched or if it's just my ego or my, you know, not getting chosen that first time. I just always wondered. And as soon as I saw him, I could feel it inside. I'm like, nope, these are real feelings. It's not because I didn't get chosen. And um, it, was, it was really nice. Everything flowed. I could tell he was looking at me with such bright eyes and taking it all in and asked a lot of questions. And, of course, we were chitty-chatting, and he took me, you know, to his car, went and opened the door like a gentleman, like he always did. And it was so home-feeling that um, I just sat there, and I was kind of like, all right, this is too good to be true. This is exactly what I never thought would ever happen again. And I said, okay, I'm just going to flow downstream like a river. I'm not going to fight it. So um, I happened to look in the back seat when I got in the car and I saw an overnight bag. And as a woman's intuition kind of goes, all of a sudden I went, he's going somewhere in my head. And I let it go for a hot minute. And I said, okay, whatever. Um, He's like, we'll go for dinner across the way. So we went across the way from my hotel. And we got in there, and um, we're sitting down, and he's, now we're, like, right across from each other. I mean, it's, like, less than, what, two feet? And I feel like he's just staring at me with this, like, gleaming, like, brightness behind him. But he's just, like, how's everything? And he's asking about this and that. And he's, like, oh, that's a new tattoo that you have. What's going on? And then he's, like, wow. He's, like, you look really good. He's, like, you look really, really good. And I said, thank you so much. I'm, like, you look really good yourself. So we were just – it was, like – didn't miss a beat, caught up everything. I could feel there was this vibe there of sorts. So um, we had a drink, we ordered food, um, and then we were sitting there and talking about, like, um, I think it was, like, you know, what's on deck and kind of tired and work and all this other stuff. And I was, like, they came and asked us for another drink. And he said, yeah, sure. I said, okay, sure. I said, so you want to tie, you know, Taiwan on, like, old times, paint the town red? like we did years ago, and he's like, yeah, that would be great. He goes, oh, I'm usually in bed by 9.30, but um, I'm super tired and otherwise. I was like, oh, come on, this is your Friday, I said, at the end of the day. I said, 
you have nowhere to be. I don't. I'm just going to look at some houses this weekend, catch up with some friends. And he's like, no. And I kind of, like, pushed it a little bit or so. And the next thing you know, he said, I have some place to be after this. So the rest of that night went through whatever um, we talked about it. He said, timing is off right now. He's like, I, she knows I'm here, um, and I wanted her to meet you. And otherwise, he's like, but timing is off right now, and why did you come here? And, um, you know, I said to see places. And otherwise, but I was curious about how I felt. I said, but um, I understand timing. And so um, went back, walked her back to my hotel, um, said he'll, you know, connect with me before I leave, and then he connected before I left on that Monday, and saw each other before I went to the airport. And at which time, we, um, you know, said goodbye and otherwise. And then I said, listen, I, I need to be honest with you. You asked me why I was here. I am here to see places, but I was here more importantly because I was curious about seeing you. And otherwise, and I just have to tell you that um, it's the way I feel. That I feel like you're my person. I think you always have been since I've been, you know, since we were 25 years old, and that hasn't gone away. You've always felt like home to me. I said, and um, I wanted to be honest with you, and I didn't know when the next time is that I'm going to see you. So I wanted to tell you that, I said, but at the same time, I don't want to complicate anything. Um, but I wanted to tell you that and that I love you. And um, he said, I love you too. And he kind of really didn't say much, um, but looked at me like um, he wanted to. And then um, we said, okay, I'll talk to you soon. And then I got a text after that about 15 minutes later that basically said, it was wonderful seeing me. I loved seeing you. Um, thank you for everything. Thanks for coming to meet me. He said, I, um, I love is always going to be, but you know, timing is a crazy, crazy thing. And um, that being said, I don't think there'd be anything right or wrong to say right now. I'm sure you don't want me to say anything. And I don't think it would explain fully everything about how I feel. Um, but as you said, um, I don't want to complicate things either. I am really trying to give this relationship I am a try right now. And um, I do, you know, I love you and timing is crazy. And I wish you a safe trip back and otherwise. And um, please okay. give my love to the family. How long ago was this? Two, um, about two weeks ago. And what has your interaction been since? Nothing. I replied to that message. Uh, I didn't reply to it right away. I waited to the next morning and had written, um, you know, it was great seeing him. And otherwise, I said, you know, thank you so much for being honest. I appreciate it. And like, um, you know, I had I made it safely back. How I feel. I thank you. Um, I hope you have a great work week. Give my love to the kids and otherwise. And uh, stay beautiful inside and out. And that's where I left it. I did not reply anything else. I, I didn't even re, he uh, re-initiated a game of words with friends with me. I let it expire, and I just cut off all communication. That's it. Okay. And what do you want to know from me? I think that part of me, um, I know there's, there's something else um, that he's not telling me or not sharing with me, which I'll never know, but I guess, the part that I feel um, more wanting affirmation is the fact that I'm cutting off communication at this point because if I really truly wanted to be his friend, which I realize at this stage I don't because I have these feelings, um, being in his life in any shape, form, even though um, it's minimal and otherwise, he's always the last six years or so known that I'm there. So I feel that I need to, as much as I've moved on in the past, really move on and if it's meant to be, it'll find its way, but 
Um, I don't think he knows what it's like without me in some form in his life. And I feel like this is the time that I got what I said out of my system. As much as I look back and say, maybe I shouldn't have said it all, I feel affirmed doing it and I don't have any regrets, but I don't want to have any contact with him if I want a chance with him anywhere down the road. And And I I don't know if that's the right place to be. And I asked you, what do you want to know from me? If if I'm afraid, your affirmation, is that the right choice that I'm making by cutting off all communication? Yes. Okay. That should have been done so long ago, I can't even tell you. Does that shock you? No. No, it doesn't. I mean, I think for a long time I thought, well, he's just meant to be a friend in my life and that's it, and it never popped up anywhere. You know what I mean? Until it came 16 years later, but at that point, I realized, um, even the last couple of years, I'm like, I had this strange connection with him, that's strange, bad, but interesting and unique, but at the same time, um, I really don't want to hear about his life with somebody else, so that's not a friend, for, you know, in my book, so I think that I should have killed it off quite a few years ago, okay. at the very least. So, if you want me to take it back and I think that's helpful to you and our listeners I want to do that to tell you and give you the information about where this went off the rails mm-hmm. in certain steps is that helpful yes so I feel for you many women find themselves in a situation like you're in because as you hear me say all the time we are love in the world and we are the connectors, the cooperators, and, oh my goodness, the verbalizers. (laughs) You know why I say it like that and why I'm laughing? Mm -hmm. What do do you mean? What what do you think I mean? I'm a verbalizer. The way I describe my feelings and otherwise, um, we are very uh, emotionally wrapped into how we communicate our feelings as women. The, you, you just in the minute, you know, the minutia of however many, 25 years, like you remember it all, right? And you can verbalize it back. And when we are emotionally involved in something, that's generally how females tend to be to one degree or another. This can be summed up very easily in terms of what has occurred. Do you believe when he says he loves you, do you believe that? I do. Mm-hmm. And because your love was not directed in an appropriate way, it led him to having almost familial feelings of love for you. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm not quite sure. I think I do. But. There are three types of love. There's romantic love, familial love, and friendship love, which can even include pets morph between friendship and familial. Mm-hmm. Romantic love needs to be directed by women in a very specific way, or it will really go off the rails 
and what I mean by going off the rails. This happens in marriages all the time, uh, through time sometimes, but also because we do not continue down the lane of romantic love. Familial love is what you feel for, you know, your family. It's a, it's a deep, profound love and that you know that person will always be there and that type of thing, correct? Yes. So without keeping him in the lane of romantic love, which is incumbent upon us to do, it goes off the rails. And you know how we do it sometimes more than any other is through talking about the relationship. Nothing gets a man more out of desire and more into familial feelings of love than talking about the relationship. There's so many uh, things here that, um, you know, the playing words with friends, never going to help you create romantic love. A man doesn't want the woman in his life for those types of things. Now, uh, you know, don't write into me, anybody. You may do that with your husband when he's on uh, the road, or uh, I don't know. You do it back and forth. Um, but the context you were talking to me about it, you you allowed him to consume you, to consume your time, attention, and affection in ways that did not, in any way, inspire his desire in a way that is needed for him to go the distance and to need to achieve your time, attention, and affection. He has always known, up until these past two weeks, that he could reach out to you, you will answer, you will be there, you will correspond with him. You will talk with him about his stuff. You're there as a wonderful ear and wonderful loving woman that you are. Doesn't do it for the man. You mentioned one time emails every day. You chatted all the time, played words with friends. Unfortunately, our just being the wonderful women that we are which, I mean, you just sound lovely and caring and such a good person and kind and all of those fabulous things. If those things equaled having the romantic relationships we desire and deserve, many of us would just have them so easily. It doesn't. We have to direct them. And we have to do it in a way that is not I hear a lot of back and forth with him asking him questions. That alone takes the man's desire down. He was simply trying to be loving and a friend back and forth. Now, because he's male, it wasn't appropriate to be like, for example, okay, you're coming down here. Um, to Florida, uh, let me pick you up, let me take you to dinner, all that, you know, that was assuaging his guilt to some degree, quite frankly. The right thing to do would have been to, you know, cut it off, but again, and say, hey, you know, it really wouldn't be appropriate for me to do X, Y, Z, but you see how it all got 
convoluted and morphed into something whereby he had no direction on it. He didn't know. He was just lost. It needs to be for the male brain, black or white, seeing you or not seeing you, girlfriend or not, friend and only friend and nothing else, black and white. That's the male brain. What are you thinking, feeling? I'm I'm listening to it all. It's like I'm stepped outside of this situation where I have much more um, objectivity, listening to it in a different way. And and I've aligned with how you frame things up, how men need to wonder and, and otherwise. And I've kind of gone through those stages in my own dating life. So it just really does make so much more uh, compartmentalized sense, the way you just framed it up um, from that familial sense mm-hmm. um, of how he reasoned and stuff. I mean, he, uh, it's funny, there was a time um, when we were dating uh, this last go-round that he would say to me, you know, I feel like I'm more the female and you're more the male. I want to talk about my feelings. I want to hear. I mean, he would write me letters and all this other stuff. And I did, but I was, going through I guess my stuff where I was a little blocked and not open and he's like I feel like you're like the guy and I'm the girl and I'd be like no it's not like that at all I didn't realize it then but now I look at like how expressive I am and just what you just framed up about how men see things and um, I guess part of me was thinking about how I know him to be in being very emotional he's much more soft like he's very balanced in his masculine and feminine but Approaching it that way, I think in hindsight, was probably not my uh, best strategy. Absolutely. And that is just what I started with. Through verbalization about your relationship. Because guess what that does? It takes every ounce of his wonder and gets rid of it. Mm Mm-hmm. If we could simply stop talking about the relationship, feelings, the nonsense we have been unfortunately given in our society hurts us as women so much. If you watch things like, you know, uh, which is very well known, The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. I need to tell him how I feel. We need to be vulnerable. And people can note that that's a show. It doesn't work. If it worked, we women have no problem being that and doing it. We just naturally are that. It doesn't work. Because men love through wondering. We want to know. Let him say it. Don't be talking about it. You've got to keep yourself... um, away your energy away from him this friend stuff gets you nothing romantically only after he has made a decision so what I want to clarify that so you and he make an attempt at some point and you're gonna try and you have a relationship it's all, you know, we're going to be exclusive, we're boyfriend-girlfriend, we're attempting to make something here, and then you want to play words with friends? Okay, but make him always be coming to you. You don't reach out. 
You don't ask him questions in text. It's all these strategies. Check out my YouTube channel for it. They're all there. The five R's of texting. The power of not yet. The not asking questions in text. Using emojis instead of words. It's very simple. It really is. And now, Liz, you are at the very forefront of anything being a possibility. I mean, you're just, I should say, you're at the start. Finally. After 25 years, you're at the beginning and the start. And it could. But it's going to be what you do from here and the change you show. And that has got to be black and white, night and day, stop or go, on or off, yes or no. Very clear. And you are a changed Liz. And it can happen. It can happen easily because the love is there. There's not a question about that in any way, shape, or form. He reveres you as the wonderful woman you are. There's not one ounce of doubt in my mind about that. And you have felt that from him. But that and, you know, a, a, a quarter will, will get you a, I don't know, what it'll get you. You know what I'm saying? I do. So it's what you do from here. And that takes work. Commitment. A decision on your part. Commitment to doing what works. Not going with your feelings. It is strategic. This is unfortunate. Do I wish it were different? And we had to do nothing but be our incredible selves and be the loving, giving beings that we are? Absolutely. Would I be in business if it worked to just be that? No. I'm in business because it doesn't. It takes a decision. It takes commitment to that work. And most importantly, women ask me, what's the, the one thing we need to do? I always answer that with, it's very simple. It's not do. Male energy, do. Female energy, not do. And that's tough because it's not in our control. And if we really look at the deeper things here, it's control. Wanting control. Because you could have had this relationship many, many, many times. But when he came to you with it, it didn't feel the same. It felt there's an underlying, it was out of control for you. There's an element of, I need to call the shots. I need to make it the win. And then he needs to jump because of his love for me. It doesn't happen. And he grew up along the way after his divorce. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. It's... Um it's interesting because a good part of my dating career, I say, career, um, mm -hmm. my, my energy sometimes I've been pulled as too male. And, mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, talking about my achievements and talking about, you know, I'm very direct and, um, and whatnot. So I guess depending on who's doing the, the 
the judging, right? You know, you should be a little more feminine, you know, and not that I'm not feminine. It's just, you know, no one wants to hear about your job all the time or this, but, and I realized that because I'd be very consumed by my job for some time, but it was a very protective mode for me to be in, in that masculine energy. I realized mm-hmm. after doing a little work on my own, and I guess that balance has always been um, what I strive for because I know you do have to show some of your feminine qualities, right? That um, you can have that somewhat damsel in distress. It's okay to take help and it's independent with that. And so I, I so hard, wholeheartedly believe about your making him wonder and the Madonna um, core complex and I have analogized this plenty of times with my nieces over the years that a man will treat that really vintage car really well and put it in the garage and cover it up. And you say it's very sacred to him versus the hunk of junk that goes to the station back and forth. Don't be the hunk of junk. Right. Um, But I, I find it super challenging because um, I, I guess it's just, you know, you're sifting through people and dating, not necessarily this, Jack only, but even in the dating world today, um, where it moves into online and other, you know, um, I don't, I try not to ask any questions. I follow your rules and otherwise, and a lot of them just keep dying off. And so you get to that point where it's like, okay, what, what is the right combination or is it a right combination combined with the right guy? And am I going to find in an online space or other, how do I, you know, how do I do this dance now at 51 years old um, of dating and, and staying, you know, in this, the place, you know, you suggest with I agree with um, how men think and women think we can't be, um, you know, Samantha's from Sex in the City and expect it to all fall in the place. Um, it's, that's like my ever, ever wondering question, how to keep it balanced enough. And um, you say it so eloquently. I just, uh, I find challenges sometimes seeing it come to life as much as I practice it. Yes, it's, it's, it is the challenge. It's the difference between you have a, an intellectual understanding of it. Now it's putting it into practice. And that's, you know, what I do when I work with women because we're each our own unique individual souls dealing with uh, whatever it is inside us that is the challenge vis-a-vis relationships. And there are several ways to come about it. Um, You know, many people, okay, well, it's something with me. I want to go to uh, counseling and figure me out and then I can be my most authentic self and be me and et cetera, et cetera. I do the work in a, in a different fashion. I do it in a way that you are going to see it through the eyes of what you are doing in the relationship and acting as if and understanding it, you're going to come full circle and then you're adopting the right approaches that will work because experientially you you get it you you experience what the right steps are is how do we know what we know you know when we're learning to tie our shoes we have to try over and over and over again and it's it's a combination of what doesn't work 
and then you figure out exactly what does and then it becomes I mean beyond second nature we just do it and and that's what we we have to uh, reprogram in a way and we, you take the intellectual understanding you have which you have a great intellectual understanding of it but it's something's getting um, cut off in the um, execution so to speak and it's in that execution and yes it starts it starts if you're online dating with your profile and pictures and what my one love program is all about you know the seven steps that you must take and it is it's formulaic and when you follow the formula it's so simple and easy it's we buck the existing reality of what it takes because it's the existing reality sometimes is not pleasant but I say here's the deal yes they're going to be like you said a lot just fall off the rails but you're only looking for one it's making the commitment to yourself to do the work and what a lot of the work entails is the bringing yourself to the table weekly and dealing with what's going on vis-a-vis -vis knowing that you're going to talk to me and how will okay do I text back here do I say this do I reveal my feelings what do I say what do I do and then making those choices vis-a-vis -vis, okay I'm gonna be talking to Paula on Wednesday on Saturday whatever it is and and then deconstructing it and and celebrating the wins and seeing mm -hmm. how when you follow the formula oh my gosh it's like and you look down at their their texts and what they're doing and and what you're achieving because I I see this as two-pronged for you Liz you will likely unless you know this is the one for him when this goes south if it's going to you will hear from him and again even with these 25 years if you handle the wonder in the way it needs to be handled you could and I can't tell you if that's going to be two months two years ten years but you will and it's what you do then that makes all the difference in the meantime you need to be dealing with what you just identified it's so easy for us as intelligent educated sophisticated women to be dealing from male energy the world is male energied why do we call it mother nature because nature is female energied when every single rehab in the world is put in a wonderful nature environment it's healing feminine energy is soothing healing inviting 
you know, we have been sold a bill of goods in our society that we can be our male energy self. Uh, for example, you just mentioned a reference like Sex in the City. There were many, you know, parts of, you know, we, we think of the four characters that Candace, I forget her last name, uh, wrote. Bushnell? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, actually, she talked about, she wrote them, they're just facets of one woman. Agreed. And I they, heard that. That's interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so clear that it is, you know, because they were so, except for the Carrie uh, character, they were pretty one note. You know, Charlotte the good girl, Miranda mm-hmm. the intelligent bookish, and Samantha the vixen, right? And she came at men with her male sexual energy, although it was love. the way she played it was really wonderful because she had this kind of, um, not Marilyn Monroe kind of thing, but just she put a flavor to it that was really great. And, you know, it's incredibly inviting to men. Oh, my gosh, they're going to eat it up. But they're also not going to commit to it usually, and I'm talking in gross generalizations, but it's not the energy they need. In other words, if I were to say to you, you know, most women, let's, let's look at it this way. Most women don't say, I'm really looking for a very connected, soft, gentle, kind, um, uh, loving, um, very easy man that doesn't, um, you know, doesn't, isn't, doesn't show any um, being assertive or aggressive or whatever. What is that? Women don't generally say that. Why is that? We want energy that's different. We want male energy. But we expect when we come at men with male energy that that's going to be okay for them. And it will be for the sexual part of it for sure. They're going to eat it up, love it, but they're going to consume it. We have, to, we have to really balance that fine line because we can't be who we are not, but we have to be our best feminine selves and remember to, I think it was um, Rory Ray, she's a, um, a coach that I always loved this, she used to say, when we're with our man, we have to switch hats. And that's what it is. So you're wearing your work hat, when you come home, you've got to take the work hat off. Well said. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well mm-hmm. said. Yep. And so you can do this, but you have to commit to doing what will work in the long run, and it's two-pronged. You get back out there in a way that has the best possible chance of get, going the distance for you with someone new, and you did this correctly. You cut it off. There is nothing as valuable to have a man coming back than absolute 100% no contact. There is nothing like it. And even when he does reach out to you, depending upon what it is, it can, you can't answer. And it has to be until, until the right energy comes from him with the right words. Because you know what that is? That's showing rather than verbalizing. Action, not words. 
men relate via action. So my question, I guess, now thinking about this, do you think then I did it all wrong by even considering to meet him when I was down there? It's no such thing as all wrong. It's the flavor of it. It's the energy going into it. It's all of it. You can't negate the 25 years you had, but he's he's known you know you had your there were certain times it's so interesting to me when I heard it there were certain times when he was moving much more towards you and wanting something you retreated and yes there's some things in your life that were going on understood but it was it's been such a push-pull for him it's exhausting for the man because they don't deal with this stuff in the same way that we do in other words, if you have a, a, a car that you don't know what you're going to get when you sit in it and turn the key, it's just you want a new car, <laughs> right? You're so right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what it's like for them because they, because here's the deal. It might be the most beautiful car and we love the body on it and we just have loved it, Right? Think of it, a 25-year-old vintage car. Maybe it's a, you know, even older than that, a DeLorean or something. He just loves and covets. That's you. But he's never known what he's going to get with it. So it's wonderful to have there in the garage, knowing it's there. But he wants another car. To, it's much easier. He doesn't have to think about it at all. And it just works. He gets in it, drives it, it's, it's great. The metaphor is that we don't understand cars, generally speaking. We don't care to. We don't want to talk about them. We don't want to know about the engines. We don't want to read about them. We don't want to look at car videos on YouTube. We don't care. We just want our car to look good, feel good, get in it, turn the key, it goes. You have to do nothing more than put gas in it. And maybe when we get that email, oh, yeah, I have to take it to the, you know, it's, it's a 20,000-mile tune-up or whatever. That's it. That's what the man wants in his relationship. So you have to now clear your slate. Clear it. 25 years didn't exist. There is no going back. There's only going forward for your own life and for the possibility of any life with Jack. And you've got to be the one to direct it without so much verbalization. Because he just glazes over. It's an interesting, I was talking to my husband the other night. Um, something about the car, something about engines came up. And he started talking about it. He loves cars. And I just, you know, finally I just said, he's talking, talking, finally I just said, you know what, I I'm not, follow you let's not even I'm not following you I don't care I don't care does the car run yes does it look cute I get in it turns great you go out you fix it that's it that's what the man wants in us let me do something that pleases you and and this isn't about uh, shut up and look pretty no not at all it's standing in your value knowing what you offer, 
enjoying his interest, his achieving you, all of it. He's not your best friend. No matter, when I hear women, you know, he's my best friend. Well, here's the deal with that. You are his best friend, okay? Because he doesn't have a, typically a best female friend that he gets on the phone. You know, he doesn't call up his friend Bill and talk to uh, uh, for hours on the phone about his feelings. He comes to you. But you're not his, and you cannot be romantic love. Stay in our lane. Romantic love. So there's definitely things you can do, and I can certainly talk to you about them off the air, but I hope this part of it was helpful for you today to kind of uh, encapsulate it and, and get what's occurred. Absolutely. It uh, was definitely a great opportunity to step outside the situation and really kind of look at it from a completely different lens. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. So I trust you could hear from my conversation with Liz how important it is for us not to do two things. First and foremost is to not get in that friend zone with any man with whom you have residual feelings. And I know feelings change. However, you have to really dig deep down and say, is there really something here? Be so honest with yourself in terms of being a friend. Scale it. And I think one of the easy ways to scale it is simply this. Will I ever want to or entertain the thoughts of having sex with this man again? If there is any hint of that possibility, then you need to go no contact, cut it off, and only if he comes back around. And here's how you do this. If he wants to stay friends, and many times people say, let's stay friends, it doesn't mean that you're actually going to stay friends. It is a nicety that many of us say uh, to uh, make it easier and that there's no animosity or any adversarial relationship. Meaning if we see each other on the street, we'll say hello and be cordial, that kind of thing. Okay, but you need to make it known to the man by saying something value-based. I appreciate that. However, I don't think it would serve any purpose for us to be just friends. I don't really feel very connected to that, and I trust you understand, and I do wish you all the best. That's really all that needs to be said. And then you said about going no contact. And when you have that need to, when you're in that energy of, I need to talk with him, I miss him, what have you, you really have to keep yourself from acting on it because until he comes back around and then when he does in this case I believe that will happen for Liz because there's a deep connection there that spans over many years however in order 
for it not to be just familial or friendship for Jack, Liz would need to make sure she states right up front when Jack contacts her again. And it is simply this. Really just two words or three. What's changed? And there you can ask a question. Absolutely ask it. Because it shocks him into reality. That you're not going to accept something that isn't romantic in nature. For the why he's reaching out. And you will get the answer. If nothing has for him and he's not in those feelings, he will say to you, Oh, nothing has changed. I just wanted to see how you're doing. Okay, you got your answer. And then you answer staying in that that value-based way. I appreciate that. However, I stick by my word and what I had said previously, that being just friends would serve no purpose. I'm not in alignment with that. I trust you understand. Take care. This is hard. It's hard stuff. Because we're always clinging to that little bit of hope. If I interact and he sees I'm open to this and that, it can morph into something else. Generally not. Sure, there are cases. But in a case like this where there has been a very long-term sliding into friendship and a back and forth, it, it won't work again. And then you need to show up differently should he say yes. Then you need to show up differently should there be any indication on his part that he is thinking that way. And that's where the work begins. Because to reset habitual patterns in a relationship is very tough. There's no question about it. And this is where the work comes in. If you are in a situation like that, I hope you will get a professional to help you. Because it's going to be your mindset and what you do. And again, what you don't do. There is a lot to this. I hope this was helpful today. I hope you can see the other main point in this that it's very important to just see things in a very black and white fashion. Don't get bogged down in the details. He said this, he did that, we did this, we did that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you have established a friendship, that's where he is with it. He is the man. We'll take it to a different level if that's what he wants. And that's why we go back to the first point. If you have any thought of ever being sexual or romantic with this man again, cut it off. Because only then will he see you as a challenge and know the black or white thing he needs to know. Because only when he steps forward with his decision will there be any hope. And the hope lies in when you do this and when you make him wonder in such a profound way he can miss you through that 
he can get to his deeper feelings and choose to be romantic with you again. There's a lot to this. There's quite a bit of work to be done. And when you get help with it in a truly objective way, not with your friends or family, because they have an investment in your feeling good in the moment and not challenging you in a way whereby you will need to be challenged with the ultimate truth of what's going to work and what isn't. So connect with me at coachpaulagrooms.com. Check out my programs. We could be talking. And if you find yourself in a situation like this, it's going to be vital that you really do get guidance. You can go to realcoachingconversations.com and be talking to me here like Liz did. And I really honor the women that come on the podcast, have these conversations with me, because uh, it, it takes a lot. But it is that first step. And that first step is for the long-term romantic desire you want and take that journey and I can help you on that path and it would be my honor to speak with you here or privately if you want to find out the various ways and, and how you do that reach out to Michelle that's with two L's and an E M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E Michelle at coachpaulagrooms.com with an email and say, I'd like to be on the podcast, or I want to find out how to get a session with Paula so she can help me decipher what's going on here and help me decide. Because when we get right with our decisions, that's when any man that we are with can make his. And with that, I will leave you today with the all-important statement we must keep in our mind. Be sure that you are making him wonder.